It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. The Adam Ritz Show, live on campus in Memphis, Tennessee. We are at Rhodes College in front of this live studio audience. Let's hear it. That is wonderful. All right. Thank you, everybody. Rhodes College, the, uh, the lynxes, the fighting lynx. Is that how you pluralize lynx? Lynxes? The lynx cats. The fighting lynx cats of Rhodes College. We are here on campus today to award and honor one of your own student-athletes for their character and community service with the Caught in the Act Award. We've asked uh, the administration, the coaching staff, to come up with some names, and they had a ton of names to come up with, and after some voting, it was unanimous. The single winner of the Caught in the Act Award, being caught in the act with great character, is Dane Wilson. Come on down here, Dane. Look at him go. <laughs> okay, Dane Wilson, how are you? Doing good. Now, uh, football? <laughs> yep. What's your position and year? Uh, running back, I'm a senior. Senior running back. All right, tell us about the team this fall. Um, we're going to be good. <laughs> yeah, great. You've got that look in your eye, I don't doubt it. Uh, now, as far as your community service, uh, I hear you tutor uh, third, fourth graders. Am I getting that story right? No, uh, yeah, not tutor. Well, unless you count football as tutoring, but I don't. Okay, so what do you do well, with these we kids? Coach flag football. Well, you coach the flag football teams for the third and fourth graders. Okay, yeah. and uh, how does it make you feel to be uh, honored? Uh, not only you know for being a running back. That's great. All the stuff you do on the field and how many push-ups you can do and how many squats you can do. That's that's really cool. Uh, the way you're smiling at me, I think you can do a lot of squats, can't you? Maybe. <laughs> but to be honored for your off-the-field uh, character, how does that make you feel? Uh, yeah, it's, this is really cool. It's really cool. All right. You're, you're an inspiration to me and, and everybody. So uh, Rhodes College, thank you so much. Dane, let's have another round of applause for Mr. Wilson. The Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. One of our uh, good friends of the show, Jenny and Chando from Fox 4 in Dallas, Texas. We're so glad to have you back on the show, Jenny. How's it going? Good. Talking to you from a new city. A new city. Yeah, you've, uh, you've been on the show. Now we have to travel <laughs> and buy plane tickets to have you on the show. How's Dallas? What, what's going on here? You're, you're in a top five market. You're a big star. What were they thinking, right? Well, you're not. Uh, you had emailed me earlier. I hope I don't screw this up. Are you kidding me? They are lucky to have you. Fox 4 in Dallas. Tell us about the station and what you'll be doing there. I'm excited. So I have to work weekends now, but it's all good because it's going to be a really fun show. Um, the meteorologist I'm with is, is Jennifer, so it's going to be like Jenny Squared on the weekends. So we're going to do weekend mornings, uh, Saturday and Sunday, wake everybody up uh, for a two-hour show, and then I'll be out on the streets reporting Monday through Wednesday, and then filling in for the other show, uh, the the other anchors there on the show. So it's a really long show, just like at Fox and Indy, um, not quite as long. Indy's six hours long. This show is four and a half hours long. And what do you uh, at this point know about Dallas? 
Uh, oh gosh. All I know about Dallas is that everyone keeps telling me if you become a Cowboys fan, like your head is being chopped off. People in Indy were so, they're like, okay, I get it. You have to follow your career goals. This is a better opportunity. But if you become a Cowboys fan, you are cut off. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited. I actually have a lot of friends there and uh, I love living in a sports city. That's kind of key to me. Um, you know, and we've got all three big sports there, so I'm kind of excited. If you go to Dallas and you're not a Cowboys fan, they're going to cut your head off. I know. So I'm kind of in a predicament. I'm thinking if I just wear blue always, every day, with no symbols (laughs) on it. Blue Blue Friday. Fly under the radar. (laughs) Just fly under the radar. I know. Oh, man. I think I've never been inside a Cowboy Stadium, but I think when that happens, um, that's going to be hard. You'll have to. Your first uh, assignment. Uh, boss, I got to go see the stadium. Yeah, right. I know. I'm sure she'll be okay with that. So Jenny Enchando is on the show to talk social awareness, and uh, you're also, in addition to being an Emmy Award-winning television journalist, you're a fitness expert. Uh, fitness is at the forefront of your life, and we love to get your take on uh, fitness for, for me, for my listeners, for, for everybody involved with the show. I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about generational, how we should approach fitness. I mean, you can do things when you're 18 years old that you can't do when you're 68 years old. Sure. Do you approach this from a different angle with your clients? Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. I, I think the, the the thing that's standard through all the years is finding whatever it is that you like to do, whatever it is that, that's your passion. So it's sort of like when you start out, your parents might put you in sports, so you might hate football but have to keep doing it because your parents put it in, you know, put you in it, or maybe you notice that you have a total passion for football. So maybe you do that through high school, then you go to college, you quit because it's, you know, who has time for intramural sports and you're busy and chaotic. Um, it might be a really good thing to pick up again, you know, maybe flag football or, or a rec team. Or if you loved dance as a child, you know, picking up like an aerobic dance type class as an adult. It's it's about sort of like finding that passion and putting it into use uh, later on in life. I mean, there's a different version of it for each generation in each decade too it's like you know in college I always encourage people to do intramurals because you want to meet people too and that's an awesome way to meet people when you're in school is to do the intramural sports so um so you're going to make friends through that too but you're also going to be active and it's going to be scheduled so it's going to be like okay I no matter how busy I am I know I've got a game every Thursday night and we're going to practice every Monday so it's like okay good at least you have activity built in for for both of those times then the same thing happens after you graduate college. It's a totally different ball game because, uh, so to speak, um, because then it's like, well, what's the organized, what's the organized thing that I do? Do I join a gym? Well, that sounds kind of intimidating. Do I work at home? Oh wait, my, my, you know, treadmill has laundry all over it. Do I just plan to go for a walk with my coworkers? Eh, I'm too busy at work. So it's like, you've got to plan it out. You have to, you know, know that that change is happening. Know that you're going from, uh, from from college to adult life and then take it from there and be like, okay, this is my plan. Either either I'm a, I'm a gym person or I'm going to try to be a gym person or I'm going to do an at-home thing or I'm going to do workout videos or going to work out with my friends. Um, but you have to plan for it and schedule it in just like it's an appointment, just like it's a part of your work day, you know, at least three days a week. So I hear you say early on you mentioned do what you like. So if you like to play football as a kid, you know, it's not going to be that easy to, to join a football team when you're 40 years old uh, <laughs> after you get off work. <laughs> um, so I kind of hear you say, be, maybe be open-minded and experimental because maybe, yeah. Hey, maybe I'm, you know, I'm, maybe I like tennis. I've never played tennis. Maybe, right. maybe you should get into racquetball. 
try something you've never tried before. Maybe that's your thing in a different decade of your life. Yes. A lot of us only know what our parents placed us in. So you were limited by what they could afford. You were limited by geography. You were limited by, you know, them being able to drive you to something. So it's like, don't have your frame of reference only be what you've done before. And also sometimes if you were really bad at something back in the day, maybe you can laugh at yourself at it now and it can still be a good activity for you. If you, you know, even if it's like, Oh, I was terrible in ballet. That doesn't mean that you can't do, you know, like an aerobics dance class or something like that. Or if you think, Oh, you know, I, you know, can't hit a, you know, one utensil to one ball golf or baseball or something like that. Well, maybe you can do a softball league as, as an adult. It's worth trying again. And it's also worth kind of like stepping outside of your comfort zone because we only, we always just think about what we've experienced before. And it's like, there's so many other things. And if you're kind of finding like, uh, I'm not, I hate to work out. I hate to work out. Don't really think about it as a workout. Think about it as, you know, an activity or, you know, hiking maybe. I mean, I have a few clients actually that I had, uh, hated any kind of exercise and I introduced them to hiking and it was like, okay, then they could enjoy the outdoors. They could enjoy the fresh air. The time flew by and it was like, oh, all of a sudden they had done their, you know, 45 minutes of cardio, but it's not cardio. It's like hiking and, and, and having fun. But yeah, you're going to be hard pressed to find an adult football league after work. (laughs) So you've got, yeah, you, you have to find something else. You have to find something that's going to be appropriate for your body at that, you know, at that age too. Jenny Anchando is our guest, Fox 4 Dallas uh, news anchor and fitness expert. Uh, generationally, we're talking about fitness. I want to focus on the 20s. Yeah. Um, because I do a lot of work with college kids, and we uh, talk about fitness and how important that is. And that's an age where you can make or break the rest of your life. You start college, you're 18. Let's say for a college guy, you're 180 pounds. You join a fraternity. You have some fried food and drink beer for five years, and you graduate at age 23, fifth year senior. You weigh 220 pounds. You've gained 40 pounds over the last five years. You didn't even know it. Now you're staring at a very sedimentary part of your life where you're going to start working, uh, fall in love, have a family. You're so busy. Maybe the last thing on your plate is... uh, any sort of activity, which you did do in college and right. still managed to gain 40 pounds. Right. <laughs> so you're, you're 23 now and you're going to start a 10 hour a day job and you don't have any time to work out and you're facing obesity and health problems down the road. If you don't take care of this right now at age 23, go yeah. fitness expert talk. Oh, it's so daunting, isn't it? It's so daunting. It's like, shoot, do I even tackle this? So yeah, I mean, the, 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 the point is, yes, you know, you, you have to tackle it because of all those other great things you have in your life. You want to be healthy for those things. Um, but typically if you're losing, if you're looking at that specific instance, so 40 pounds, you don't want to try to lose more than two pounds per week. However, when you have 40 pounds to lose two pounds per week is, is an appropriate goal. So that would be, you know, if you want to do the, the, the mathematician style, if you're going into your job as an accountant, you'd be looking at, you'd want a deficit of 500 calories per day in order to lose approximately two pounds per week. Of course, that's going to depend on how much muscle you have and how much you eat. But if you have a, a deficit of 500 calories per day, so that deficit could be made up of 250 calories more exercise and 250 calories less eating or some sort of combination of that. And that's what you're going to need in order to do the two pounds of week. You know, some, some weeks will be three, some weeks will be none, some weeks will be one, but that's sort of the goal that you want to go for. A lot of people, especially when they're, you know, that college graduate goal oriented type person, um, they have the personality of like, okay, now I see this as my next task. I need to lose it all this month. And that's just really going to be a really hard way to do it, especially, um, because your body's not going to move move like it did when it was 40 pounds lighter. It's going to move very, very differently. So, um, so you have to be kind of careful with, with the way that you ease back into it. 
thing that's good too is that you don't have to go all out when you get right back into exercising because you it, it's like you have a 40 pound weight vest on so you're going to be burning more calories doing what you used to do so say you used to run um, three miles 10 minute miles well now when you run three mile 10 minute miles it's going to be a lot harder but you're going to burn many more calories because you, you're carrying around all that extra weight. So, I mean, so, so that's kind of working to your advantage in the very, very beginning stages. So you want to start out really slow and then, um, not try to, to overdo it, but also schedule it in. So say this is the perfect time to, anytime you have a life transition where you, um, get married and move in with somebody, or maybe you move out of your parents' house or you move out of the fraternity house, um, you start a new job. It's the perfect time to start your fitness habits because everything's going to be changing. It's not like you're already used to going home every day and watching TV at, you know, 5.30 PM and staying there. And it's going to be a big, you know, deficit in your lifestyle to go exercise for an hour. So when you start work, it's just like, make it your plan. First day on the job, you work, I mean, who works nine to five? Nobody. Say you work nine to eight, you know, you're on your job. You go, you go, you Take your dinner with you to work and you go exercise from 8.30 to 9.30 and go home. You know, whatever it is, plan out that hour. Or even if it's a half an hour, that's excellent too. Um, if you're blessed enough to have a job where you have a lunch break, I don't know anybody <laughs> who has those either. But if you do, use that lunch break. An hour-long lunch break, you can, you know, you can get a half an hour workout and if you have someplace close to exercise at. So, um, so it's the perfect time to kind of start that routine all over again um, and do it with a support system too. Like, tell people. Be like, hey... I'm starting this new job and this new life and I'm getting ready to enter the adult world. And part of that is being responsible for my own health. So, um, you know, enlist, you know, a significant other or a friend or a trainer or you know, anybody to just kind of keep you accountable and maybe do it with you. And mm -hmm. if they can't do it with you, just to like check in be like, Hey man, how's it going? You know, are you, are we making any progress here? Are we not? Are we going to eat wings and watch the game? Okay, cool. Well, let's work out before or after, you know, I, you mentioned there's a lot of math involved, uh, yeah. two pounds a week and a deficit of 500 calories Got per it. day. Uh -huh. So I wonder what the stats are on this. If, um, if a math major, an engineering major, an architect, somebody that's very good at science and math is, uh, more easily, uh, uh, can more easily keep track of this and lose weight or not gain weight rather right. than a comm major who sucks at math who's just, you know, 500 calories that I can't keep track of that. No. I'm just going to have the cheeseburger. We can't blame that. Um, no, we can't We can't use that because I am comm major also. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, basically you need to think about it this way. So it's it's like you just need to think about it. Okay, we got to have a deficit somewhere here. It's easy math, though. Yes. 500 Yes. Per day. I can do that math. You can, yeah. I mean, Nobody I, I hope so. has an excuse. You've made it this far. I hope you can do that math. Jenny and Chanda is our guest, uh, and we're talking about fitness. Uh, just curious, have you seen, I'm sure you've seen on the news uh, sources uh, in B-roll of the, of the desk with the with the treadmill, uh, you know, they say even during the work day, just get up every half an hour, stand up, shake your legs. Uh, what about the treadmill desk? Do you have one of these? Okay. I wish I had one of those. <laughs> Although I have to say, I, I don't think it would be very efficient for me, but I will tell you on days where I don't feel like working out, I mean, which happens all the time. Like people think just because I work in this industry and train people and have knowledge doesn't mean that I love to do it either. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are certain activities that I really feel passionate about, but to have well-rounded fitness, you, know, you kind of need to do a little bit of everything. What I'll do on a day where I just do not feel like it, I'll say, okay, I'm going to get my best, you know, trashy magazine from the grocery checkout and some music, and I'm going to walk. 
fast. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes eventually it'll turn into a run. But it's like, if nothing else, I'm moving. Yeah. You know, I'm like getting the blood flowing because I also have it, you know, some days my dog job is very much a desk job at the TV station. You're just sitting and typing. And it's like, you know how <laughs> they always have those warnings on planes, you know, like don't sit for all this time on a, on a plane. Okay. So the elevation is a factor, but also it's a factor that you're just sitting there. It's like, wait, but we sit there for nine hours a day at our jobs and don't get up. I mean, it's, it's really, really important to get up and walk around. I don't know that you have to do the treadmill. Maybe um, you don't need the treadmill desk. You know what? what? With child obesity, work. we need to invent the treadmill Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Treadmill Grand yes, Theft Auto. It only works when it only works when you're walking on it. I know, you know, I mean, you know, the Wii actually was just I mean, that like revolutionized uh fitness for some kids that were that weren't in organized sports at all and that were not into playing outside like you know, we did when we were little. I mean that just revolutionized it. So yes, I think I think you're onto something. You better patent that idea. It's Jenny and Chando, Fox Four, Dallas, Texas. Best of luck in Big D and uh don't mess with Texas, lady. You're going to do great things there, and we thank you for being uh, part of this show. And as always, we're going to have you back if you'll have us down in Dallas. I would love to. I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Thank you so much, and I will, not, I will not mess with Texas. I promise. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social. Technically, as always, we thank you for listening to the Adam Rich Show, and as always, we thank our next guest for his appearance, friend of the show, Lee Lonzo. Welcome back, Lee. Adam, thank you, and it's great to be back. Lee is a national expert on the topic of hazing, uh, because I'm assuming because you were such a great hazer uh, uh, when you were in college. There actually was some of that. <laughs> uh, now, I, I actually, I, I'm going to tell you, no, but I certainly got hazed. I, I didn't get into doing that sort of thing, but I certainly got hazed back in my day. Real quick, your background as a, a national expert on hazing. Why are you an expert? Well, I, I, I've spent uh, most of my life as an educator, including a coach, athletic director, teacher. Uh, also have a law degree, and being able to put that education background together with what I know about the law, that's uh, kind of put me in a position to be able to work with kids all over the country. Hazing is um, is a big issue today. And uh, from my point of view, I forget how big of an issue it is because I think that a lot of college uh, campuses, a lot of fraternity headquarters, they really educate their students well on on how uh, hazing can adversely affect their life, how illegal it is, how they can get arrested, how people can get hurt and die. So I forget that uh, anybody ever does it at all anymore in our ages. Um, different generations. You were a fraternity man, uh, what, early 70s? Early 70s. I was a fraternity man in the late 80s, early 90s. So hazing was certainly prominent for both of us. Uh, and now I think, okay, it can't go on that often. But then once in a while you hear a story of a death or an injury or an arrest with hazing involved. And I think, my gosh, there's still some people out there that just aren't getting the message. Well, that, that's definitely the case. And, and and I don't get it either because there are all sorts of education programs out there. But uh, at both the high school and college level, uh, it's almost weekly that you see something happen. Somebody makes it to the news. And often there's jail. There's uh, There's... Kids who have been hurt, uh, kids getting kicked out of school, there are all sorts of negatives. Let's just, uh, I guess, start with the definition. What is hazing? Well, I, th- I think that's a big historical thing to look at. Um, I, I, I really kind of trace hazing in fraternities back to the old uh, army mentality. You know, this mm-hmm. this toughened you up, so if you got drafted out of uh, college, you'd be tough. 
And even back in my day, sure it was going on. It was kind of a wink, wink. And as long as nobody got hurt, it really didn't. Uh, it didn't fit a definition because there really was no such thing as defined hazing. Now it's defined criminally, it's defined civilly, and it's usually defined by the school and or the fraternity house of this is what it is and these are the consequences. Uh, the big big change I've seen over the years is uh, when you first defined hazing back in the day, it was all about physical abuse, and it's not like that anymore. And very often the defense legally to that was, well, they consented to it, and so it's okay. That definition has changed everywhere. Definition now includes all sorts of embarrassment, humiliation, and virtually everywhere you see with or without consent and it's still hazing. If you put them in that position where they feel like they have to do it to be part of your group, then it's going to be hazing. So your background as an attorney, uh, let's talk about some of the legal ramifications of hazing. Now, from my media background, I see in the news uh, a group of uh, older guys in a fraternity. They haze the younger guys. Somebody hurts or um, is killed. Is it true that all the members of that fraternity can now be charged with that felony hazing? Or is it just the one guy that ended up uh, being involved with that with that hazing death? Or, or it's all the guys that knew about it, that knew what was going on? Right. Well, I, I, I've got to be clear that there are going to be different nuances from state to state. But pretty universally, it's going to be everybody who knew about it, everybody who participated, whether you were the one actually perpetrating it or you're just standing off to the side or maybe you were part of the decision we're going to do this and you weren't even there. But if you were com complicit in that, you knew about it, you could have done something to prevent it, you're part of the organization, you're probably going to be held accountable. So if you're leaving, I, I've got an early class in the morning. I'm walking through the great hall of the fraternity to go to the library, and I see on my way out of the fraternity that there's some hazing going on. I know what it is. I know it's hazing, and I'm thinking, you know what, I'm going to go study. I'm not part of this. Uh, I know that's hazing, but I'm, I'm okay because I'm not part of this. You go study. You come back. Somebody's been killed. You can still be held legally responsible. Again, it's up to the state, but if you knew about it and didn't do anything to stop it, you're part of that hazing. Absolutely. If you're part of the organization, you're no longer going to be <clears throat> vindicated, if you will, and released from any responsibility just because you weren't the one who was there. You're still part of it. Lee Lonzo is our guest, national hazing expert. I want to talk about uh, the media, American pop culture, movies, Animal House, Revenge of the Nerds, all kinds of hazing on film is a lot of comedic fodder. It looks fun. It's, uh, it's sometimes the best part of the movie, but that's not how real life works, is it? No. As, as a matter of fact, if you want to you pick one, one movie that I think had the most negative effect, it's Dazed and Confused, because uh, it not only justified and made funny the hazing, but it it brought in girls as well. Uh, physical abuse, uh, sexual uh, uh, innuendos, it, 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 and it's, you know, most people look at it and they chuckle at it, but it's not real life stuff, and all of those kids in any of those movies in today's day and age would be held accountable. That's, you know what, I think you hit the nail on the head for why I dislike Ben Affleck so much. <laughs> he was one of the main hazers in the movie Dazed and Confused. Yes, he was. You don't like Ben Affleck either, do you? Well, I didn't like him in that movie. No, I didn't. I didn't like that movie at all. And as a matter of fact, when, when I uh, go out and do presentations, I very often take a clip of what they called the air raid, where they made all the freshman girls uh, do various things. And, and it looks funny, and there's no paddles involved. There's no, uh, no nobody being drugged through the snow or anything like that. Classic old hazing. And it's still hazing because you're dropping eggs, you're dropping flour. You make him simulate sex with a guy. Uh, it's, it's just bad stuff. 
let's talk alcohol and hazing. Again, from my um, news media background, I see these stories come across the news wire. A lot of the hazing issues have to do with alcohol. You've got the younger guys in the fraternity and the older guys buy them a bottle of vodka, a bottle of whiskey, make them drink it. Uh, and when I say make them drink it, I don't mean they hold them down with a funnel and force it down their throat, but sometimes that 18, 19, 20-year-old underclassman feels like they have to drink it. Because if they don't, then they're not going to be accepted in the group. Um, end of the story, tragic, tragic uh, events ensue. That 19-year-old dies of alcohol poisoning, uh, all because of the hazing involved around alcohol. So I think a lot of college kids, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, from your legal background and your expertise with hazing, but from my point of view, a lot of the hazing and accidents and tragedy comes from just, just from drinking, just from getting together with the guys. You think you're having a fun night of drinking. That's when it can go wrong, too. Oh, absolutely. As we all know, uh, uh, if you're drinking, you're not thinking entirely uh, clearly, and suddenly somebody does start choking. And, uh, you know, those, those who would normally come to his rescue are inhibited. They're afraid. They don't want to call the police. They don't want to call 911. Um, yeah, the, there's almost always alcohol involved with these things. Do you see a time when there will be no hazing? Will that day ever come? I, I certainly hope so, but it, it's gonna. It, it's a cultural problem. I mean, it still bothers me when I see NFL hazing going on, and I hear some of the top guys say, "Oh, just suck it up and be a man and go through it." I, I don't like that. Uh, big, uh, big story a couple of years ago when Des Bryant came out. And he said, I'm just not doing that. Mm -hmm. And I saw former football players on ESPN and all the rest say, oh, he just just should go through it like we did. We're going to have to change that mentality all the way around. And like I said, it's a cultural thing, but we're all going to have to agree it, it's just not right. It's it, if You can't do it anywhere, and if, if it's done anywhere, it's still a model for those kids, and that's a bad thing. Lee, can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Follow him on Twitter. It's at Lee Lonzo, L-O-N-Z-O, at Lee Lonzo. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Adam. Great to be here. This is Hunter Smith, NFL veteran, author of The Jersey Effect, and lead singer for the Hunter Smith Band. And you are listening to The Adam Ritz Show. I'm Adam Ritz, and today we are at the IHSAA Student Leadership Conference, and we are broadcasting in front of a live studio audience. Okay, and we're going to do... a Twitter cast, and what that is, we've got some uh, volunteers who unwittingly uh, showed up with their phones and their Twitter accounts handy, and we're going to randomly pick a tweet off your Twitter account and read it out loud as if it's broadcast, because the point is, when we cover social media on this social awareness show, we like to marry the two industries of social media with broadcast media. When you send a tweet out, you might as well be reading it on the radio, so that's exactly what we're going to do right now. So our first guest is... Jasmine. Jasmine, and your Twitter account is? No, okay, let's just keep it at Jasmine. Okay. 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 So, here we go. Let me just scroll it, stop it. This is like uh, Russian roulette, sort of. Here we go. I'm Adam Ritz with the news update from Jasmine. Yay, I have an interview at Justice on Wednesday. (laughs) Very good. Okay. 
that's, that's great. That's a great way to, you know, you're representing yourself. You're, yeah. you're, a, you're not lazy. You're not sitting on your couch. You're going to go to a job interview. Yeah. That's fantastic. Okay. You, you were sweating it, weren't you? You were, oh, okay. No, all, all your tweets are good. Okay. Next is? Cameron Green, at Killer Cam. At Killer Cam. All right. He's not shy. And it's, it's Cameron? Yes. Okay. Let's, you can't pick. I'm going to scroll it. It's like a slot machine. Okay. Here we go. You ready? News update from Killa Cam. I'm hot because I'm fly. You ain't because you not. Okay. Not horrible. Could have been worse. But completely accurate because you are hot. Okay. Good job, Killa Cam. All right, here we go. Uh, it's not loading yet? Okay. Let's go to, uh, here's Cam. Uh, what is your Twitter handle if you want to give it out? I'm underscore about to go underscore cam. About to go cam. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to scroll. Pick one. News update from Cameron Smock. Anyone know the price of gas today? It was the day it was uh, 425. Gas was, everyone was tweeting about how gas was 425. That's very socially, uh, economically responsible. Very good. <laughs> Let's just, just for... Just for fun, I often think about how stormtroopers should have better aim. Keep going. Like they're elite military units with technology, advanced laser guns. He's right. I often think, now I'm going to think about that every time I watch Star Wars. You guys all passed the test, nothing inappropriate, uh, even the hot guy, you know, hey, it's not bragging if it's true, right, my man? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> All right, that's your Twitter cast. You get the point. Whatever you tweet, it is broadcast. It is out there on radio and television, likely for everybody to see at some point and judge your character and possibly affect you. All of you, all of you passed the test. I would hire any one of you. Let's have a round of applause for the Twitter cast here at the Leadership Conference. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.